The pandemic is out of control, massive stimulus on the way, and is Disney a buy? This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And the market is selling off today. That's right. We are down across the board with the Dow Jones down 234 points. NASDAQ down 103 points. S&P 500 down 31. Rust 2K down 36. And the VIX up 5.25%. So overall, it's not a a super big sell-off. Not bad. Maybe just a little red day here. Some selling pressure on the markets. It's quite hard to tell. Maybe some disappointment from that stimulus deal uh, that Biden has proposed as of last night. Um, So it's all very interesting. And shifting right into it, COVID-19 numbers are through the roof. Hospitals are overrun. And this is not good for the American outlook um, going into the next year, I would say. Now, many are expecting the economy to come back. But it seems like we're going to need more stimulus. We're going to need more fiscal relief. Um, And, well, we got a few messages yesterday that support that. Um, But the biggest of all is this stimulus plan of $1.9 trillion that Biden dropped. And after he dropped this plan, many analysts um, came out and said, this is great. This is bullish for the markets. And a lot of people do believe this is bullish for the market. And if it's passed, it's going to be. Um, And here's why. If this plan is passed, which it very well could be given the new majorities in Congress, you know, it's going to definitely give a boost to the economy and it's definitely going to give a boost to the stock market. $1,400 direct payments. Um, Unemployment benefits increased to 400 bucks a week from the federal government. Uh, a minimum wage increase to $15 per hour. Evictions and foreclosure uh, moratoriums extended. Uh, $350 billion to state and local aid. $170 billion to K-12 and institutional uh, education systems. $50 billion towards COVID-19 testing. $20 billion towards uh, national vaccine program and partnerships with states localities and tribes and then you know making the child tax credit fully refundable for the year and increasing the credit to three thousand dollars per child so really the biggest thing out of there at least on a stock market basis is those four hundred dollar direct payments that is a lot of money going into the pocket of a lot of people um and you know a a majority of the people probably won't need the fourteen hundred dollars you know there's a very there's a majority that needs it and there's a majority that's not but everyone's getting it um so when you have a majority that doesn't need it, that money's likely going to go um, into investments or something they want to do. And we have seen this trend time and time again. Nearly every time we get a stimulus passed, a few days later, the market immediately gets a boost. And it seems like it's all this new money from direct payments coming into the market. It's quite, you know, surprising, different, um, but it is a case. And on top of that, the market believes it's bullish for these stimulus payments because it gives a boost to the economy in a time where it's very hard for the economy to grow. And if we continue to get these boosts to the economy, I really do not think um, there's any reason uh, for the market to not continue moving upward uh, on the outlook. You know, if you think six to seven months down the road, the likelihood is the stimulus is going to brighten the chances of that picture, brighten the image that we are going to see um, down the road here. So keep that in the back of your mind. But we got a ton of big price target uh, upgrades, downgrades. We got stock upgrades and downgrades. A ton of stuff out of analysts today. And the biggest one I would say is on Apple. So Loop Capital raised its price target 
to $155 on Apple. Um, and that's off of a $131 price target. So now analysts are getting bullish and more bullish on Apple, even though um, on a year-to-date basis, Apple's down 2.85%. And that's one thing I wanted to touch on is all the FANG stocks right now. If I look here, Apple, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix are all down on a year-to-date basis. So we're 15 days into the new year, and every FANG stock is down um, on a year-to-date basis. That is impressive. Um, and I think that, you know, that opens up opportunities. Maybe the FANG stocks are starting to look cheaper um, compared to a lot of the market. And I think they are. And I think you got to keep your eye on the FANG stocks, especially Apple and Amazon. I like them both long. Now, uh, besides the Apple price target, we got Morgan Stanley naming Amazon a top pick for 2021. We got Wedbush upgrading the Tesla price target once again to $950 per share. Is Tesla ever going to stop? That is the question. Um, you know, this stock is truly a phenomenon. Tesla has just continued the roar to the upside, and it's really not surprising. Um, you know, this stock has been bullish ever since, really, I would say uh, it's been extremely bullish since the bottom of the, you know, the pandemic March low there. Ever since then, it has just gone on a monster run. It was starting to get bullish prior to that. But it was like a turbo charge ever since that March rally um, in March crash and then rally from there. Just craziness. Um, but anyway, price target upgrade, 950 bucks per share. I think Tesla can maintain its bullishness. We have an administration coming in and a Congress coming in, um, you know, that supports EVs, that supports renewable energies, um, that supports anything clean energy um, in Tesla fits the bill. And I think that Tesla is definitely going to benefit from a democratic administration um, that is going to be constantly pushing clean energy, clean earth, you know, everything that favors earth, um, everything that favors climate change. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Tesla benefits, but I think they will. Uh, Moffitt Nathanson upgraded Snap to a buy from neutral. Um, I'm actually surprised to see that, but I understand it. You know, Snap is starting to look like one of the, you know, key players in the social media world. A lot of people didn't believe in it a few years ago, and now people are starting to believe in it. So I'm, you know, I'm not really surprised to see this upgrade over the past few days. It's absolutely been getting killed. It went from 56 bucks per share down to $49 per share um, just in the past few days. But, you know, we're starting to see uh, a lot of these high flyers have a correction somewhere in between. Um, and, you know, Snap recently had a correction. It gets upgraded today. I think you can buy Snap, uh, throw a 10% stop on there. I think social media is the future, of course. And I think Snapchat is going to be in there with the top three or four players of social media. Uh, City downgraded Spotify to a sell from neutral. I'm not sure I agree with this assumption. I'm not sure I agree with this call. Um, I think Spotify is going to be a major player in the music space, but at the same time, I understand. Um, you know, you have major players like Apple uh, with Apple Music. And Apple Music, I believe, in my personal opinion, far surpasses, far outdoes uh, Spotify. And I think many people will say that. Um, but Spotify has a one-up with their content at, that, you know, their only Spotify content, their exclusive content. Um, you know, a few a few weeks, a few months ago, I believe, they made that huge deal with Joe Rogan a few months ago, uh, last year. 
And, you know, it was big. It was big, and I think it is big. Um, and that podcast has such a huge fan base, and I think that's going to draw a lot of people to Spotify. Um, Spotify has a lot of exclusive podcasts that are on things. I don't believe they have a lot of exclusive, but on the podcast side of things, they're getting more and more exclusive, and I think that's the only way you see um, them do much better or even compete at a high level with Apple Music is by having that exclusive content. And I'm happy to see that they're building it out, but we'll see what happens. I do think Spotify has a place. You know, there's a huge majority of people out there that don't have an iPhone, that don't pull products. Um, so it's really not surprising to see another competitor out there. And I think Spotify does well in the future. Now, Mizuho raised their price target on PayPal um, to $350 per share from $290 per share. And I like that. I like that a lot. And I think PayPal, and I've said it before on the show, we broke it down a few day, a few episodes ago. Um, you know, PayPal is a solid uh, pick when it comes to fintech. I think they are a leader in the fintech space. Um, and you know, I would say if you're talking top three fintech plays, I think PayPal is up there, Square is up there. And then I would say the third place is a mix between a bunch of them. Um, it's tough to, you know, once you start getting below PayPal and Square, it's hard to diversify. Um, but I firmly believe that PayPal is the company of the future and that they are going to definitely benefit from this digital fintech revolution that we are seeing. I mean, in just the past few months, we have seen such a huge shift to digital payments. It's insane. And I think PayPal is going to continue to benefit. Not to mention the fact that PayPal is not only in cryptos, but they're uh, the used a lot of the time for the payment systems at the back end of, for instance, Shopify shops um, and a lot of shops uh, on line. Um, so it's really not surprising to see that PayPal is getting upgrades because not only are they benefiting from the fintech revolution from everyone else, but they already had a large amount of small businesses online. And then on top of that, there's such a well-known brand and name and they have the crypto, uh, they're getting into crypto as well. So I really do like PayPal quite a bit. Um, but you know, some people like Square more. I think PayPal and Square both do well. I'm not choosing between them both. Um, if I were to own, I, if I were, the, I wouldn't own one. I don't own both. Um, that's just my opinion. Uh, then Bernstein named Zoom top pick for in 2021. Now Zoom is a toughie, but Zoom has been getting a lot, a lot of uh, price action lately. It's up today, $3, um, which is surprising because almost the whole market's down. But this stock came off a high of 568 bucks a share. I mean, just a few months ago, it was at $568 per share. And ever since, it has just topped out, absolutely gotten killed. But in the past few days, it seems to, it could have found a bottom. We had a little bit of consolidation for a few weeks, and then boom, it popped right up to 386 off of a you know, interim low of 337-ish. Um, so that that's awesome. Awesome to see that a big name like Zoom is finally bouncing back. I think Zoom's a company of the future as well. Um, you know, a lot of people seem to think that, you know, once we all get the vaccine, we're going to go back to normal life. I disagree. I don't think we are. Um, I think a lot of work is going to become digital. I think a lot of people are going to start working from home, you know, a few days a week. And I think, therefore, these services like DocuSign, Zoom, uh, all the CRM products are going to be used much more than what we are currently thinking they will be. Um, so definitely keep an eye on those names. Now, shifting in to the company that everyone is here to talk about, Disney. Um, and Disney is a really special stock. A lot of people didn't think it would be, and a lot of analysts got this dead wrong. In fact, I got this dead wrong at the beginning of the year, and throughout the past uh, few months, I have really come to like Disney stock, and there's a few reasons why. First off is they've gotten into the streaming space, and I think 
I think that they're going to be the leader in the streaming space. Yes, that's right. The leader overtaking Netflix within the next four years. I firmly believe it. Um, and not only that, but their theme parks aren't even open yet. Um, fully. They're not even full scale, like full scale open. So they still have huge park reopenings to conduct. Um, so we definitely have to take that into account. So not only is it somewhat of a reopening play, but at the same time, it's a streaming play. And I think those two things mixed together, mixed together, a streaming play and a reopening play are just going to be absolute rocket, a rocket fuel. Um, you know, it is just crazy. So Disney is one of the most well-known entertainment companies in the world, boasting one of the largest production studios, theme parks, and a rapidly growing collection of popular streaming services and channels. And, you know, that's one of the things that's really special about Disney is not only do they have Disney Plus, but they have Hulu and ESPN Plus, and lately they've been bundling them all. But, I mean, the subscribers coming out of Disney already are insane. In recent news, Disney released both earnings and huge news on the streaming front. At Disney's investor conference, the company blew investors away, reporting $86.8 million Disney Plus subscribers, 38.8 million Hulu subscribers, and 11.5 million ESPN Plus subscribers. So, for, you know, for example, um, for reference, their previous guidance was, you know, far below or, you know, far not even close to the levels they're hitting. So, originally, they gave guidance, um, and they expected by 2024 that they would have hit 60 to 90 million Disney Plus subscribers. 40 to 60 million Hulu subscribers and 8 to 12 million ESPN plus subscribers. They've already blew those numbers away. I mean, they already at those numbers. So if we go further, um, they gave new guidance for 2024 and my, oh my, it, it couldn't get more bullish. Um, Disney announced new guidance and now expects to attain 300 to 350 million subscribers across all three core services by the end of 2024. And to reach their new goals, Disney dropped a huge slate of upcoming content, including 10 Star Wars series, 10 Marvel series, 15 live action features, and 15 live action series. Craziness. So they have a huge slate of content that is really looking good um, already. A lot of the trailers, a lot of stuff is picking up all over social media. It's becoming extremely popular, as most Disney content does. Um, and people continue to subscribe. And now that they're bundling all three services for a very low price, more people are subscribing and subscribing, but they're not going to keep the prices low for that much longer. And this is why investors are starting to get excited because Disney not only announced that they are going to be, you know, lowering prices for now with these bundles, but they're going to start raising. Yes, that's right. They're going to start raising subscriptions starting March 2021. All platforms will see a price subscription increase. Disney Plus seeing one of the biggest. So that is exciting for investors. It's not huge. It's going to put them more in line with the same cost as Netflix, um, which is good. But that means they're going to make even more off of the streaming services. It's going to up the revenues, and I like it a lot. And I think people will continue to buy it. I think it's a much favored um, streaming service. I think Disney's an iconic brand, and this switch to digital definitely favors Disney. Now, um, given Disney's recent announcements, investors are also excited with a substantial amount of evidence backing their bullishness. According to eMarketer forecast, Disney is set to hit $12.36 billion in streaming revenues alone by 2022. And for comparison, that is extremely close, extremely close to Netflix. So taking over Netflix on a revenue basis from streaming, well, it's close. We're getting there, people. Um, we're not too far away. In fact, if you look at the data, Disney is extremely close. 
if we take a look at this. In fact, I was reading a Motley Fool article yesterday, and it said, in essence, that if we take a look here, if we take a look, uh, eMarketer forecast Disney Plus uh, streaming revenue in the U.S. will grow from $1.94 billion at the end of 2020 to $4.23 billion by 2022, aided by a $1 per month increase that will take effect in March. Now, um, that will bring streaming revenue to $12.95 billion. Um, eMarketer expects Netflix to generate uh, next year. So Netflix is already generating next year $12.95 billion. And next year, they're expecting Disney to generate $12.36 billion. So like I said, Disney Plus is already, um, you know, Disney already, not Disney Plus, Disney, amongst all three other streaming services, is already very, very, very close to taking over Netflix, and I think they will. Um, I think that the key difference here is Disney is that iconic brand. Disney is that brand that I don't believe is going anywhere. Um, Disney is a brand that has instilled itself in the lives of not only the American people, but people around the globe. And that content isn't going anywhere. That content resembles much more with people than it does Netflix's content. And Netflix is having a content issue. They need to bring in um, new content consistently. Right now, a lot of the content on Netflix is old. It's old stuff. Not many people want to rewatch something they've already seen. Um, and I think that's going to be a core issue with Netflix, and we've seen a drop in their um, subscription growth. So that is definitely something to look at. Now, shifting into the stock price itself, the stock can be broken down by company segment. According to Trefus at Trefus um, on all their social medias, 36.82% of Disney's stock price is based on the company's media network segment. Furthermore, 20.16% is based on their direct-to-consumer and international segment. 22.78% is based on the parks, experience, and product segment. And 12.2% of the stock price is based on the company's Disney Studio segment. So as you can see, a large amount of that stock price is still based on the Disney parks. It's still based on that. Um, so definitely a reopening of the parks to full scale within the next year is going to be a big boost to the stock as well. And I'm excited to see that. Now, digging into the most recent quarter, Disney beat expectations, delivering an EPS of negative 20 cents, much better than the expected EPS consensus estimate of negative 70 cents. On a year-over-year basis, EPS did decline negative 118%. So the earnings really aren't quite there to support Disney yet. As for revenues, Disney reported Q4 revenues of $14.707 billion, representing a major year-over-year decline of negative 23%. From the same time, 2019 revenue levels of $19.118 billion. Now, Disney went on to report total segment operating income of $606 million. That's down 82% year over year. And a net income from continuing operations level of negative $710 million. And that's much less than the same time 2019 net income um, operations from continuing operations level of $777 million. So definitely some big decreases um, in earnings. And, you know, that could be a good thing going forward as much as, you know, that could be a good thing because as their earnings start to improve, investors are going to see that as positive. And, you know, if they continue to push forward through the pandemic and recover from this thing, and if earnings numbers do improve, investors are going to like that. And that could push the stock even higher. Now, uh, shifting into the balance sheet, Disney did add a significant amount of debt due to COVID-19, but a lot of companies did, and I don't blame the company for that. It's just something we have to take into account. So total debt, $58 billion. Total liabilities, $117 billion. Total assets, $201 billion. And cash and short-term investments, $17.9 billion. 
So they definitely have a debt issue, but it's not terrible compared to some other companies. The balance sheet is still balanced, um, well balanced. In fact, you know, the assets, cash and short term investments still outweigh, still outweigh, um, you know, the total debt and total liabilities. So in all the, the balance sheet, you know, it's not amazing. It's not terrible. It's, it's neutral. It's not bad. Um, also on a valuation basis, price to sales, 4.88 price to book 3.75 and a price to cash flow of 111.34 times. Now, yes, it is a bit pricey. Don't get me wrong on that, but I don't think it's too pricey. As I said, we still have to come back. The parks still have to come back. Literally. It seems like it feels like half of Disney's business has yet to come back. Um, and once that comes back, I think the stock is going to be unstoppable. They're going to have streaming. They're going to have parks. And I think it's just going to be a powerhouse. And we could see record levels in Disney that we have not seen before. Um, now, uh, management has done a solid job navigating the COVID-19 crisis, but they have work to do. With a return on equity of negative 3.28%, a return on assets of negative 1.23%, and a return on invested capital of negative 1.58%. Given the numbers, the analysts are turning bullish on Disney with a mean price target of 186 bucks per share, representing a 6.52% gain. Not too shabby. And currently, it's down. It's down two bucks today. It's at 171. This stock could continue to come down after the parabolic run it had. And if it comes down much more, I'm a buyer. Now, the high price target, 210 bucks per share. That's a 20% gain. The low price target, 155 bucks per share. That is a negative 11.63% loss, but the more it comes down, the more that low price target, you know, the loss on that low price target gets lower and lower. Now, the big money is also quite involved. With 62.83% of Disney being owned by institutions, top holders include the Vanguard Group, BlackRock, Institutional Trust, and State Street Global Advisors. So overall, I like it. I like Disney. I think it's a winner. I think it's going to be a winner over the next five years. I think it still has a lot of comeback play in it. I think the recovery is going to do it well. And I think that, um, you know, investors are going to be continually impressed with their streaming numbers that they kick out over the next few years. I think Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, that, you know, that group is going to do extremely well in the streaming world. Nearly everyone I know has a Disney Plus subscription and, you know, half of them are mixed on Netflix. So I think that tells you something. Nearly everyone has a Disney Plus subscription. Doesn't surprise me. So thank you all for listening. That is the show. Um, oh, going through the watch list as well. On a year-to-date performance chart, I look at it. The banks are high. The semiconductors are mixed. AMD is down 1% on the year. Go buy AMD. That thing's going to 100 in 2021. I guarantee it's going over 100. I firmly believe it, and I think it will. Square up 6% today. PayPal up 3. I'd rather buy PayPal. Um, Visa, it's been coming down. That might be a solid buy. Go take a look. Um, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, I like them all. Google and Facebook, I'm waiting to see what happens with those lawsuits. Um, I think there could be more downside if those lawsuits get more serious on the antitrust basis. Netflix and Disney both down today. I like Disney more than Netflix, but Netflix is also a solid streaming play. Uh, China, 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 Baba, you know, JD.com. Those stocks are going to do well no matter what I think. And with this new administration and new government coming in that favors China more than the previous, maybe they could do well. You never know. Um, Zoom is up. It looks it's up on the year um, doing great. You know, there's a lot of stocks that are doing great in the year and there's a lot of stocks that are not. Walmart. My, oh my, Walmart's been a tough one. This stock is getting hammered um, in the past few days, and I frankly struggle to understand why, but, you know, whatever. That's what people think. It's still holding that strong upward trend, and I think that Walmart continues to do well in the future, and I think they're going to have a solid e-commerce play. Also, Costco, I think they're going to do well this year as well. I mean, at the end of the day, if that stimulus comes in, you're going to see Dollar General, 
do extremely well. You're going to see Dollar Tree do well. You're going to see Walmart do well. You're going to see Costco do well. You're going to see all these big supermarket plays do well. So definitely keep an eye on those. But that is the show. Um, Thank you all for listening. Once again, rounding out another great week of trading and investing. Tune in Monday for the next episode. Check out me and my team at Running With The Money and Follow me on Twitter at Luke Donay, where I am literally always on there giving market commentary, market tips, hints. And if you want a stock broken down, drop it below. Thank you for listening. Um, go check out runningwiththemoney.com, where you can also see the Viva Systems breakdown that we just dropped, and we're dropping an Amazon breakdown today. Go check it out. Thank you all for listening. Eat, sleep, profit, trade on, and I will see you Monday.